radiophile. Noun. One who is attracted to intelligence. Join us, fellow fun-loving lover of knowledge, as we dig into your favorite topics with our very own nerdy diatribes, words of wisdom, and takes on life as millennials. Welcome to the Sapiophiles. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Chelsea. And this is Kayla. And we hope you had a happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes, we did. We really hope that, especially since it's one of my favorites, being all Irish and all. You were in Ireland for St. Patrick's Day, weren't you? I was. So I'm not sure if the listeners can hear in my voice, but I was sick as a dog on St. Patrick's Day. Um, but I still um, loaded myself up with Advil and tea and honey and I walked to the parade in Cork and it was so much fun um, and then had a pretty chill night in. But it was nice to see the atmosphere and the local people just coming together and really um, celebrating like a community day and a day, you know, just celebrating their culture, which um, is slightly different than what we're accustomed to here in the States with our celebrations. But um, it was really, really nice. Even being Very sick. Cool. So... Well, I'm glad that you're getting a little bit better from the I, um, being sick. And we can hear you. So that's all that matters. Yeah. I did have no voice about a day and a half ago. So this is an improvement. <laughs> yeah. Just don't push it and we'll be good. Okay. All right. So St. Patrick's Day. It's a fun holiday. It has a lot of different roots in different origins. We know it as a celebration of Irish culture. But the version of Irish culture that we kind of do here is more the stereotypical version of it and let's wear green and get drunk kind of Irish culture. <laughs> so it does have different roots than that. Mm-hmm. So here's what here's some basic things that I know about it and you can jump right in with okay. any information that you have. So St. Patrick's Day is both a cultural and religious celebration. It is. And it is held on March 17th because that is the death date of St. Patrick. Yes, that's um his... Um, presumed almost definite death date um, in this in the fifth century. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Saint Patrick, awesome dude. Yes, very celebrate nice. him. And the entire Saint Patrick's Day celebrates both Irish heritage and the coming of Christianity in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of those things, and because it was a celebration of both heritage and Christianity, historically, the churches lifted Lenten restrictions on fasting (laughs) for the one day, which is why we get this whole phenomenon of, like, let's just eat and drink everything we can. And so that's where we get the whole, like, alcohol stereotype. Yes. So um, that's also where we get the what originally was Irish bacon and cabbage. Um, We now use corned beef and cabbage. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another reason why that became a staple, because... um, individuals who weren't allowed to eat meat during that time of Lent, the Lenten prohibitions were then lifted during St. Patrick's Day, um, as it's been celebrated for the, for over a thousand years. So it's pretty cool. So that all trickled down to our parades and wearing green. Well, trickled down much, much further, further down, but that's, yes. you know, how it, that's like the, the beginnings and everything. So it, does celebrate a lot of Irish culture. What did you notice, actually, about what was different, same with St. Patrick's Day in Ireland versus St. Patrick's Day in America? 
I mean, I, I've spent St. Patrick's Day in Ireland in both Dublin and in Cork and in Limerick. So I've, I've been in three different cities. Um, so Dublin does probably the most US, United States-esque parade in that it's like very, very grandiose. And it has um, um, and it has a lot of that's where everybody's wearing green. But I'm not sure exactly to the extent of how many people are international people coming to wear green as opposed to the locals. Um, but they do have a very, very big parade. A lot of events will happen coinciding with um, the St. Patrick events in Dublin. Um, in Cork and Limerick, I noticed a more I don't want to say subdued, but more like community oriented parade. Um in that a lot of families did come with their small children and watch the parade. The parade consisted of um, local um, bands, some bands that came over from the United States. Um, so like marching bands and everything. Um, That's cool. So local chapters of um, things kind of akin to what we'd know as like the Lions Club and the Legion um, here in the United States. Um, community service um organizations and chapters, educational organizations and chapters, community outreach and um, global initiatives. So like that, everybody would have a, a, you know, slot within that parade. And the court parade actually had a focus on a lot of different cultures that have come, um, like people who have come to Cork and stayed. So they had, um, you know, a group of people coming, like representing Mexico, people representing India and everything. So it was a very like cool, colorful, cultural type parade. Um, That's fun. But I I liked it because there was this sense of like that it was something that was very community oriented, Um, similar to how a lot of communities will have um, Memorial Day parades or summer solstice parades um, in like the small towns in the States. So it felt a lot more like that. Um, Yes, there was green and everything. Um, that of course there would be green and they do have a bank holiday after St. Patrick's day. So they had the Monday after St. Patrick's day off. That's nice. Um, yes. Um, and a lot of, we don't have that. And a lot of like the local businesses had their, um, had, you know, orange and green and, um, white flags or balloons and everything. And they had people playing Irish music, um, Irish traditional music outside. So it it is really, really cool. It's just not like Chicago dies a river green (laughs) type. Um, (laughs) <laughs> type um celebrations but yes that is a big festival yeah but you can tell that it really does balance out the you know the stereotypical holiday that we kind of celebrate here in the states and also that celebration of the patron saint and um national apostle of ireland that is saint patrick so um that's that's there too it's a good balance yeah it's another one of those fun hybrids kind of like when we were talking about halloween mm-hmm that we know it as kind of it's it's just cultural fun holiday, but it has a lot of rich roots. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So I have some random facts. I do as well. All right. So St. Patrick, if we don't know too much about him, we should probably explain who St. Patrick is. Yes. And one thing that I think is interesting about St. Patrick is he was not actually Irish. No, he wasn't. He was British. He was Roman. He was born in Roman Britain. Yes. So within that British territory at the time, which has changed. The Roman Empire. Yeah. But then what in were? what is now Britain. Britain. Yeah. So he was kidnapped at the age of 16 by Irish pirates. Yep. <laughs> and he was born into a religious family, kind of lost faith and rediscovered his faith mm-hmm. while in Ireland. After 17 years of his, as a slave, he 
escaped Ireland, found his way home, but returned to Ireland again as a missionary. Yeah. And he then became an important member of the church, bringing religion, bringing... Christianity. Christianity, bringing faith, bringing a lot of powerful parts of Irish culture to what is now Ireland. So that's kind of his little backstory. Yes. Some, you know, some interesting things about him. And March 17th is widely believed to be his death day. Yeah. And they believe it's March 17th around the year 461. So, you know, important saint, but he had kind of an interesting backstory where he sort of lost faith and found his way back, which I think makes him cool because a lot of the times when we think about these people, these saints, they seem like they just have this like perfect morality and religion and it, Anybody who's questioned themselves or whatever you believe, if you are religious, if you're not, you know, has gone through all different versions of this. I like that he went through all these different versions to find his own faith. Mm -hmm. I agree. And what it was that he believed in. So I think that's pretty cool about St. Patrick. I agree. And I think that, um, I mean, I think a lot of the great um, Christian thinkers, um, Christian philosophers, and then um, people who later became saints did have that like search for self. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they had a loss of faith at some point or they were confused um, and their faith only grew stronger as they grew as people. Um, So I also um, being someone of faith myself, I always liked St. Patrick for that reason as well. Yeah. Um, it, It definitely, he became much more of a, you know, of a human, you know, I, I know that sometimes we think of the saints as they were, you know, human beings. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, seeing someone like that who had an interesting past in a way to find Christianity and then to embrace it so much that he then brought it to a whole um, people. It's really inspiring and cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's what makes him fun and unique and an interesting person to kind of look up to, yeah. among other things. So um, another fun fact so parades are very common mm-hmm. for St. Patrick's Day. And though it began as a religious holiday, it became a celebratory affair. Mm-hmm. And parades actually did not originate in Ireland. No, it originated. The first one was in the United States. So New York City hosted the first St. Patrick's Day parade in 1762. Mm-hmm. And by the mid-19th century, parades were common. Yeah, so while the holiday started... In Ireland, um, it actually was Irish soldiers serving in the English military who marched through New York City, um, and it was said the parade helped the soldiers reconnect with their Irish roots and with their fellow Irishmen who were serving in the English army at the time. So, so we did originate the parade stuff over here. Yeah, and well, it was on our soil, but yeah, yes. <laughs> so parades have become a very common part of St. Patrick's Day. I'm sure you've seen some of them. People get all decked out in their green. Maybe they have, like, leprechaun hats, mm-hmm. all kinds of fun things. So, yeah, that's some information about parades. Another common symbol that we see at St. Patrick's Day is shamrocks. Mm-hmm. And shamrocks, according to legend, St. Patrick used them as a representation of the Holy Trinity because mm-hmm. they have the three leaves. So the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that represented their belief in that so that is it's a legend we're not positive that that is what he did but it is widely believed that that is the origin and since then shamrocks have become a symbol 
of St. Patrick's Day. And that's why if you're ever doing a St. Patrick's Day post, not this is the most important thing in the world, and you're trying to choose your emoji, if you want to be correct, you need to use the three-leaf clover, which is the shamrock. The four-leaf four clover leaf. has no tie to St. Patrick or St. Patrick's Day at all. It is just a lucky thing that I don't even know what the origin is. So if if you're around any Irish people and you're, you have a four-leaf clover as opposed to a three-leaf clover on Patty's Day, they'll tell you that you're incorrect. So Good to know. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. <laughs> be called incorrect. I know but I, I like shamrocks because, you know, they are they're a fun visual representation. They're colorful. They are a plant, so they kind of also symbolize growth. So I, I like them as a symbol. So another thing that's interesting about St. Patrick's Day and Ireland in general, the Irish Stout is the official drink of choice on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And on a typical day, Americans drink about 600,000 pints of this Dublin-based beer. Oh, my God. That's a typical day. On St. Patrick's Day, about 3 million pints of Guinness. Yeah, unless, of course, those Irish Americans are from Cork. Um, in that case, they would be drinking Murphy's, which is the stout of choice from the Cork area of Ireland. And any Corkonian would get angry with you if you decided to drink Guinness instead because they'd say that you were being traitorous and going towards the county of Leinster rather than Munster. <laughs> so I had um, Murphy's on St. Patrick's Day, not Guinness. Cool. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Guinness, but that's just me. Um, so worldwide, about 13 million pints of Guinness <laughs> are consumed on St. Patrick's Day. Wow. That's a lot of Guinness. That is a lot of Guinness. So much Guinness. So, you know, drinking has become a big part of St. Patrick's Day. It's become the part that a lot of people focus on. That is true. And while that is, you know, an excuse for a fun event, there is somewhat of a backstory as to what we're drinking. So I think that's interesting, too, and why we're drinking. Yeah. Because of all the lifting of the Lenten observation. Mm-hmm. So the kind of like a bulk fun fact, um, the, you know, sense of Irishness in the American Irish really began to get realized at a larger scale in the um, 1800s, 1845 to around, you know, going forward during the Great Potato Famine in Ireland. Up until that 1845 or like the mid 1800s mark, most of the Irish immigrants to America were um, Protestant middle class. Um but after the Great Potato Famine, close to a million poor Irish Catholics began to come um, into the United States to escape dire circumstances and starvation. Um, and I will actually send um, Chelsea a picture of UCC just redid a, um, a famine hut, um, what, it, cool. what a family was living in at the time before they escaped. Um, so there's an actual like um, famine home at the front of UCC that was part of the Irish um, revolution and the, um, as well as the great potato famine um, atlas that our university put out. Um, so you can share that on the website if you'd like to, just so that people can see what okay. we're living in. Um, but in any case, when the Irish Catholics started to come over here, that really, that really brought about a new sense of the Irishness and the Irish identity. Um, and as it was attached to the religious beliefs. So when St. Patrick's Day celebrations happened, um, newspapers kind of portrayed them as like this drunk, you know, 
group of people because a lot of the newspapers were run by the middle class that had come here before. So that's another reason why that like drunkenness is still instilled in our brains so much. Yeah. It all comes from like, you know, the bigotry during the 18, the mid 1800s. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy that Chelsea and I are talking about all this extra stuff today. So you know that it's so much more than that because that, you know, drunken debauchery type um, sense of who the Irish were that came into, you know, existence because the higher class was trying to put them down because they were immigrants. Sound familiar, anybody? But um, (laughs) so (laughs) I just thought that was important to mention. um, Yeah. Because, you know, like you said, Chelsea, you, you so aptly noted that a lot of people see it as a day of drinking. And while it's fine to have a few pints and everything. You can have a day of drinking if you want, yeah, but that's up to you. It's just, you know, it's good to know the history behind it as well. So, Absolutely. Yes. Um, the good thing was that as soon as, like, the people in political power kind of diversified um, and all of that happened, then St. Patrick's Day became to be a show of strength for Irish Americans and, like, a must-attend event, which it now is today. Like, a, it's a We Love Ireland type event. Awesome. So, yeah. Leave it to Very me cool. yeah, like, to bring the post into something political this week. <laughs> Always. Always. It's what I do, guys. So, all right. I have – I guess I would like to hear your thoughts on this other little silly imagery that people like to associate with St. Patrick's Day and the Irish. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people think of St. Patrick's Day as a day of leprechauns. <laughs> you missed Kayla's eye roll just now. <laughs> so the way that we see leprechauns in, in folklore are they're little rosy-cheeked men, tiny men in green. Um, they are troublemakers. You have to catch them to get their gold, which is at the end of the rainbow. And if you don't watch them all the time, they'll disappear or they'll take things. Or they're, they're just sneaky little creatures. Um the first recorded mention of a leprechaun actually goes back to the 8th century. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the word lucorpan, I believe. That's how we pronounce it. Meaning little body. And it describes water spirits. So that was according to the Element Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures by John and Caitlin Matthews. So that's that little information on leprechauns. Um, another possible origin is the Irish god Lu, L-U-G-H. And the Welsh variant of that god is known as one of the three golden shoemakers. Um, There's the Irish fairy Cluricane, which is a cunning spirit who haunts cellars, drinks, smokes, and plays tricks. Mm -hmm. And this fairy was popularized in an 1825 publication called Fairy Legends. So it has a lot of different roots, you know, we like to think of leprechauns as these, like, sneaky little green guys running around, stealing stuff, causing <laughs> trouble, making a mess. I mean... Th- but they're they're folklore. So it's interesting to me how this little piece of folklore got so tangled up in Irish culture and St. Patrick. So what are your thoughts on that? I honestly don't know how it got so intertwined with St. Patrick's Day because, like you said... um, you know, there's they're basically in the same family as Irish fairies, 
which um, if anybody understands Irish folklore, I mean, also Scottish folklore too, the fairies were not nice winged creatures like in Peter Pan. They, um, they were tricked. Well, Tinkerbell has a little bit of sass. Yeah, she's sassy, but she never stole children. Like, <laughs> there are some fairies that, like, if you've heard of changeling children, that, mm-hmm. like, take – there used to be – that's a darker story. But anyways, like, there are a number of, like, fairy stories all having to do with various amounts of mischief. Like, there's – you're not supposed to eat any fairy food or drink any fairy drink that they offer you because then you have to stay with them forever. There's, like, a bunch of different things. They move things around. Um, the leprechauns, like Chelsea mentioned, there are a lot of different origin stories. One that I've also heard is that they come from the Irish term um, Leith Rohan, which is, you know, you heard leprechaun slightly in that, just meaning shoemaker. So they, you know, they're they're tricksters like any other yeah. fairies are. So I don't ever, I've never actually heard a story in um, my folklore classes, and I have taken more than one. You heard classes. I've taken more than one actual academic class in Irish folklore um, about a pot of gold or a rainbow. Um, unless, of course, it's associated with like, I mean, some fairies have lured humans in with treasure of sorts, but it's never specified gold. Um, I don't know. I, I, The Americans must have done something with that. There are many children's books on this topic because I did kind of totally use those quite a bit last week with my kids. So there are a lot of children's books on, like, here's a leprechaun, we got to steal his pot of gold. It's just a popular thing in in children's lit. So it's a it's folklore, and it's interesting. Um, I just don't understand how it's become the quintessential Irish culture. Like, do they think people in Ireland are tiny and running around with pots of gold? Like, they're they're full sized people. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the only thing that's close to what we're talking about that I can find is that people who are lucky enough to find this type of trickster and catch him in some stories, not all of them can steal a magical ring or an amulet or a coin from them because they've collected these types of things. Never a whole pot of it, but like, so that's probably why, but like, there's also some that people say that if you catch one, they can grant you three wishes like a genie. So I think a lot of these like, folklore stories you you'll notice that there's some stories that intertwine even culturally between you know celtic um stories as well as like things that you hear like you know aladdin <laughs> um, but yeah you know, like, there's a there's a lot going on and, and there's tricksters in every different um folklore based like culturally whether you're looking at um indian folklore to um like old chinese folklore to american folk tales there's always trickster characters so that's what the leprechaun is he's a trickster yeah he is and he's not specifically connected to saint patrick and yeah and it's also good to note that if you are someone who believes in these folk folk tales that you're not supposed to go after them there's a reason that they're tricksters they're supposed to mess with you so the best thing to do is just leave them alone (laughs) (laughs) in reality yes so there is quite a bit of leprechaun lore and really you know any cultural event or type of festival does lead to some sort of folklore or stories at some point but this i don't believe originated anywhere near saint patrick it just had it just kind of got blended so i think it's probably something that my guess is that as the Irish-American pride 
gained prevalence in the United States um, and in other countries. I mean, the Irish diaspora has gone, you know, places like Canada, New Zealand, all all the way to Australia. Um, So when people like that heard the Irish speaking about their culture and their heritage, things like fairies and tricksters would inevitably pop up. So it makes sense that someone who is celebrating St. Patrick's Day as an Irish cultural holiday, as opposed to just the religious part, would associate the other Irish cultural things that they had learned and picked up over the years with that holiday. So I'm guessing that's probably how it ended up becoming a part of it. Very interesting. Yeah. So just keep in mind, leprechauns, separate thing. <laughs> From the religious part. From the religious part. And I mean, you have more um, time spent in Ireland than I do, but I would also venture to guess and mention this to all of our listeners if you go to Ireland, please don't ask the Irish people about the leprechauns. No, don't. <laughs> and if any, we have any people listening from Ireland and you would like to weigh in on if tourists ask you these ridiculous questions, let us know. We would love to hear that. Right. Um, I mean, every time that I've seen someone in action asking about leprechauns, it's always been met with an eye roll. So, <laughs> um, you know, they won't say anything mean back, but it's always been kind of like, understood that if that's the only thing you're going to ask me about the holiday um one leprechauns they're not real <laughs> so Shh, it's a secret they're like santa claus um, but at least leprechauns the way that we see them i'll say that yes uh, do i believe that there are things in the world that i can't explain of course so i'm not going to totally yes. discount all the trickster stuff but like leprechauns as we see them with the pot of gold and you know, tiny green men, tiny green outfits. Like, no, who knows? <laughs> no. Yes. That's, that is my two cents on leprechauns and why I think that they are a part of St. Patrick's day. Cool. Yeah. So we had a lot of interesting parts of St. Patrick's day. Do you have any more that you wanted to share? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess if you, the one thing I would say it's, it's not really adding another part, but if you have never done your own research on all the background, like beyond what we're telling you, definitely do it because it makes it such a more enriching experience going to a celebration of St. Patrick's Day somewhere. Just, I think that that's true of any holiday. Like when you really know what, like how it came to be, um, it makes it so much more exciting. I know that it's funny. Like I've been to Ireland probably like adding up all the times, you know, over two and a half years of time I've probably spent there. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, you were definitely there. You were there for a full year and you were there for another semester. So that's a year and a half. Several other times. And then your other trips there, which are frequently at least once a year. Yeah, Yeah. at least two years. But like it was, um, I don't know, if if you enjoy St. Patrick's Day and you enjoy the cultural aspects of it, definitely do some more research on Ireland because – I mean, a lot of people, I know that everybody says they're Irish on St. Patrick's Day, but um, learning all about the Irish people and um, the history is just so fascinating. Um, And going beyond that and really researching a niche area that interests you, like if you're a musician, really looking at some of the Irish trad music and the Kaylee dancing and all of that, um, or, you know, the writers and poets who have come from Ireland, um, it's all very, very interesting and definitely worth a second look at the country and its people as a whole, not just at the holiday. 
Yeah, and Ireland is super fascinating in a lot of ways. I mean, I haven't spent as much time there as Kayla has. But, um, you know, even in the short time I was there, there's so much to see and to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, Things about, you know, the different... The different castles, the different like changing of people in power, their history. Mm-hmm. They have some beautiful areas that are just like naturally beautiful areas. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of just very enriching experiences that you can have. And definitely somewhere, if you can't travel there, at least worth researching about. And if you can, go. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to go back. It's been quite a while. It was fun when you came to visit. We did a lot of um, really cool activities, both, you know, visiting some of the older um, forts and castles and then also seeing some of the natural sites that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. There's so much natural beauty in Ireland. um, There is. And so much history. I know that the Irish, um, the Republic of Ireland technically um, didn't gain its independence for about 150 years after we did. Uh, Mm -hmm. But their culture has been is much, much older than, you know, our country. So, like, you'll get that sense of just there's so much history there. Um, and America, in comparison, does feel like a very young country. So, yeah. I mean, anywhere that you can drive on a highway and see a castle next to you. Like, every, like, 20 minutes or so, too. It's like, there's a That's castle. That's great. There's a castle. Like Castle there, castle there. there. You get a castle, and you get a castle, and everybody yeah. gets a castle. Yeah. You know, do your research on Ireland. It's... Definitely worth it. And if you have any questions, I'm always here to answer questions. I love talking about Ireland. Yes. Well, you know how to reach us. You all do. Um, Yeah. So knowing more about the roots of any holiday, any celebration, anything you're a part of just makes it a better experience, like Kayla said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is why we try to bring you information about holidays that are coming up or have just passed. And we try to bring you information on lots of other fun things because knowing more is better. <laughs> I agree. It's very simple. Knowing more is better than knowing less. Yes. Um, so it's it's great to be able to share with you guys some of our research, the information that we've gathered from this, experiences. You know, Kayla has spent a lot of time in Ireland, so that's that's a great perspective to have on this. And, you know, if you have another perspective on this, maybe you are from Ireland. Maybe you are, like, Irish heritage, but you are an American and you have different cultural things that you do. Maybe you've had, maybe you're not Irish at all, but you've had some really unique experiences with it. We would love to hear those Mm -hmm. and just anything else you guys have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like we mentioned before, we always find it's much better to have the information and learn as much as possible. So Chelsea and I would both define ourselves as lifelong learners. So if there's anything that we've missed um, that you know, especially if you're Irish or Irish American of the Irish diaspora, um, please let us know. And um, we'd love to learn more from you. And we can always then reshare that with the rest of the listeners. All right. Well, happy belated St. Patrick's Day. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day. May the luck of the Irish be with you. <laughs> I almost said it's your spirit because I'm, I'm Catholic. <laughs> um, well, it is somewhat of a Catholic. Yes. Event. Um, yes. And with your spirit. And with your, okay. Yeah, okay, Catholic Kayla. <laughs> but um, yes, I guess wishing you all the best of luck for the rest of this spring. Um, yeah, it's spring now. Happy spring, get, guys. Days get warmer and longer and everything. 
Um, and we, we're excited to bring you more interesting topics and we're almost coming off our, on our one year mark. So that's exciting too. Yeah. One more month. Yeah. We've done a whole year of this guys. If yeah. you've been listening to us the whole year, then we love you. Props to you. Yes. And if you've been you. listening to us less than a year or just sporadically, we love you too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And if you're just dying to hear more of us and you haven't listened to the whole year, you can always go back and listen to it because it's all still there. It's always going to be there. It is. I mean, we're very entertaining on car rides. So (laughs) (laughs) download the stuff on whatever you have, whether it's CastBox or Audible and everything and just listen away. Don't know why I could only think of those two. There's so many. Stitcher, Spreaker. Here she goes. uh, Blueberry. Um iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah. So many apps. So many apps. Google Play. Yes. SoundCloud. iTunes. Yeah, obviously. That's yeah. that's where they that's where it comes from. Yeah. Like it sources from iTunes to most of those other places. Can you all tell Chelsea does the technical part of this, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had to actually put I'm us like, in iTunes? those directories. Yeah. So. Um, but in any case, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining us on this incredible podcast journey so far. It's been wonderful for us and we hope equally as wonderful for all of you. And as always, if you have any topics for us that you want us to cover that you're like burning questions or things that maybe you love and you would like us to talk about and so you can get our opinions or maybe things that you want to know more about that you're going to see if you can stump us on, please. Yeah, we talk a lot if you can't tell. So we'll talk about pretty much anything. Yes. So give us something cool to talk about, and um, then we will hopefully get an episode just for you out there. All right. On that note, right. I am going to head off and do my three loads of laundry from when I was in Ireland last week for my business trip. So it's always good to have time to do your laundry. Oh, so much laundry. So many business trips. Worth it. So many. Worth it. All right. It's always worth it. <laughs> it is. All right. Have a great week. Have a wonderful week, everybody, and we'll talk to you very soon. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day, and thanks for joining us this week on The Sapiophiles. If you would like to reach out to us, join the conversation, ask a question, you can find us on sapiophilespodcast at gmail.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, on the iTunes store, or on any app that you use to listen to this podcast. May the luck of the Irish be with you this week. Have a fantastic week. And as always, stay curious.